Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The way I tell people is in a 30-day month, you're going to have three days that are going to be really bad no matter what you try. And, and they're going to be three days that are going to be so good that no matter how hard you try to screw them up, you can't. So that leaves 24 in the middle. And if you can do, do things to manage your stress, have fun, find out what's good in life, focus on positive outcomes, you're going to win a lot if not all of those 24 remaining days. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up. Uh, and we are on the humor train. We are on the let's reduce stress by laughing train. And it looks like it's already worked because I've made you laugh, Phil. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm just glad you didn't say we're on the crazy train. Yeah, no, no, no. Just throw a little Uh, Ozzy reference in there. Yeah, sometimes it is that too, though doesn't. (laughs) Tell us about yourself. Well, I am am an author and motivational speaker, and I talk about stress management, and the way I handle stress is through laughter. You know, finding what's good in life, finding, finding what's funny in life. I also talk about goal achievements, and same deal. If you can laugh, you're, you're halfway there. That, and, and I was glad you reached out to me because there, there's also a big music component to it. I think whatever kind of music you like, and I do like Bruce Springsteen, by the way. I like a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah. But whatever kind you like, is it's going to help you manage stress. Just very powerful. Yeah. Um, it, it is. And I certainly, we're going to get more into depth this this does not mean you aren't going to be in dark times. It doesn't mean you're going to be in times where you're going to be afraid or frustrated or, or stressed, but uh, it is the idea to keep it in perspective, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I always, I had a heart attack in 2015. And one of the things that the, the heart surgeon told me was, you need to manage your stress better. And so I started looking at stress. And and one of the things I started doing was a daily gratitude practice mm-hmm. and finding out what's good in life. And you're right. it's You're going to have bad days. The way I tell people is in a 30-day month, you're going to have three days that are going to be really bad no matter what you try. And, and they're going to be three days that are going to be so good that no matter how hard you try to screw them up, you can't. So that leaves 24 in the middle. And if you can do, do things to manage your stress, have fun, find out what's good in life, focus on positive outcomes, you're going to win a lot, if not all of those 24 remaining days. You know, one of the lyrics right from Rosalita is, you know, I'm going to liberate you, confiscate you. I want to be your man. Someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny. Yes. And I, there is so much truth to that because how often are we in a 
in a pickle. I'm going to use an old man phrase, right? But we're in a situation where we're we're stressed. It's it's you're worried, and then even a year later, when you're telling that story, you're doing it over your favorite beverage and telling it in a way that's making your audience laugh. Whether that's in the living room, whether it's in the break room at work, and you're like, oh, and I certainly the um, 2017, I was diagnosed with colon cancer and, um, and I, I made an F cancer playlist that included, of course, a lot of Bruce Springsteen and a lot of other, you know, music that I, that brought me joy and brought me hope. Um, but, you know, things went pretty well. And it was like a year later or something. I was at with some friends and I go, you know, back when I had cancer and I did air quotes, right? And they're like, no, 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 there was no cancer. You had cancer, Jesse. Like, eh, you know, it's you know, it like, well, you know, I, 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 I guess, but it, you know, it, I'm okay now. And so uh, I, I, I love that idea of being joyful yeah um, I, I like that line we'll look back at this and it will all seem funny yeah and, and you know glad you're still here yeah thank you <laughs> and i found a lot of humor around the heart attack and i yeah. walked humor into the story yeah and if you're if you can laugh about that you're going to be further ahead one of the favorite stories that i tell in one of my keynotes is a wasp that stung me right underneath my sunglasses, like right there. The reaction I had to it and how I basically let it ruin my day until I was able to step back and realize, you know, okay, that was a little thing. How long am I going to keep holding that in me and and not realize that I'm on a fun vacation and I'm here with my family, et cetera. And, And then I was able to turn it into something funny because the reaction I had at the time, it wasn't funny, but the reaction in some of the words I used, and I substitute numbers for some of the words I used, yeah. turned out to be funny. Well, and I tell, I've told the story before, but it bears repeating. Um, I had flown up to Winnipeg to visit a office we had at a company I worked with before, and I had timed the visit so that I could go to a Brian Wilson concert. Uh, Brian Wilson was not coming anywhere close to Dallas. He was touring his Gershwin album. He had done an album of Gershwin covers. And mm-hmm. so I was going and um, and, and a, a co-worker of mine said, I want to take you to dinner and then I'll drop you off at the, you know, the venue. So you it'll be great. And she kept talking and talking and it was getting closer and closer to venue time. And I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, well, you know, we need to go, you know, cause I'm that guy that gets there way early. Right. right. And so, uh, so we get there and then it took forever for them to get the bill to us. Then they, they didn't want to take American express. So I had to pull out my personal visa card. And anyway, it, we got there. And I was using the restroom and I started hearing the music and Brian had started, right? My first thought was, why are they paying Brian music before the show? And then I'm like, oh crap, it started. So, you know, Phil, I got to my seat and I, I am not exaggerating for the first two songs, I was furious that we were, I was late. I was just mad and mm-hmm. I was, I was mad at this coworker. I was mad at this situation. And then it hit me. You can't change that. Are you going to ruin the rest of this show being mad that you missed half maybe of the first song he played? Yeah. Or are you going to let it go and enjoy your life? Absolutely. And I get a grip, you know, do a, do a checkup from the neck up as uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, they used to say and, and enjoy the day. Right. So I think that's exactly, you know, your point, like, yeah, having a wasp sting right under there, that sucks. 
right? right? But it is um, in relatively terms, right? There's there are much more worse things that can happen to you. Exactly. Yeah. So I always like to start at the beginning, Phil. So talk about where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to when you were a youngster? So I grew up in northern Ohio, Marblehead, small outside of a small town called Marblehead. My dad listened to two types of music, country and western. I, Thank you I, for that joke. I, I use the same joke all the time because my parents were the same. They listened to the same two types of music. Yes, exactly. And I didn't like a lot of it. We, we could pull in on the AM radio. I'm dating myself here. CKLW, which was out of Windsor, and it was Motown. So I started with Motown. And as soon as we got an FM radio, I, I quickly went to rock. And that's probably where I found, started, you know, discovered Bruce Springsteen, Brian Adams, Tina Turner, you name it. And, and that's the one I was like, I, I can listen to some of dad's country. I can listen to other kinds and I like a wide variety, but rock was where I really, that was my first love. Still love it. Did, have you gone back and learned to appreciate some of that classic country? Yeah. So that's the thing. And, in 2018, my dad passed away after a long illness. He lived a good long life. Yeah. And what happened was I we had the funeral one day, and then I had to fly to Alberta, Canada. It was a common theme with people going to uh, Canada. Yeah, on, here we go. Yeah. Today. But, but that took all day, right? You fly to Minneapolis and Calgary and then up to Grand Prairie. And so I, I had dinner and crashed and burned. And, of course, when I wake up, I'm still on Eastern time, so I'm up. 4.30 in the morning, something like that. And I'm like, well, what do I got to do? Because, you know, now I'm missing my dad, right? We knew this day was coming. It happened. He's better off now, but yeah. now I'm missing him. So what I did was I went down to the the fitness center. They had an all-day all fitness center, all day, all night, 24-hour, whatever. And I put in my earbuds and listened to Waylon Jennings. And not that Waylon Jennings is a cure for the blues or anything, but that was one artist Johnny Cash being the other, that dad and I agreed on. Right. So when I started listening to that, that took me back to not having a, a dad that was ill and dying and, and passed away, but the, the dad who was driving us to Florida on a vacation and, and listening to Waylon Jennings in the car as we drove. And, and so that's what I really like about music, right? You will hear a song, and it happens to me quite often, that I don't even remember the song. So I'm just like, all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, that was a song that was playing when this happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I was intentional about Waylon Jennings because I knew it would make me feel better. And it did. It just, it takes you back in time. Yeah. And that's that's where we met, right? They, For, yeah, they are time machines. And um, my wife, every once in a while, um, something will be listening to some oldie station or outlaw country on Sirius XM, which is one mm -hmm. of little Stevens channels. And they the only place that plays, you know, 40s or 50s or 60s country music on and there'll be a, you know, Daddy Frank, the guitar man playing. <laughs> and my wife's like. How the hell do you know this song? I'm like, well, blame my parents. Blame my parents. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I did. Um, it. My dad died on 9/11 on the 10th anniversary of the, you know, mm -hmm. the towers falling, and so I. It's a very emotional day for everyone, sure. but even more emotional to me because it's it's it is a um, I am not someone who remembers dates very well. Like, I don't know the day that my grandmother died or my grandfather died. I, you know, my mom did. She is that person that, you know, has that, you know, like, well, you know, it's the, it's the anniversary of your great uncle's passing. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so sorry, mom. You know, right. But it's right. hard to forget that 9-11. And so I always... Um, I always I always make a point of listening to Springsteen's The Rising and then a lot of Johnny Cash from my dad. Right. Um, 
when Merle Haggard passed away a few years ago, it felt like I lost my dad all over again. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it just that because he loved that kind of music. Uh, and I know I will feel the same way when we lose Willie because he did love Willie mm-hmm. and Waylon, Johnny Cash. And, um, you know, and he was still here. My dad was when Johnny Cash passed and we able to talk. He's like, it does feel like, you know, he like after June was gone, he's like, well, you know, I don't feel like hanging around anymore. Right. So, yeah, that's good. Um Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So you've discovered FM, you're discovering rock and roll, um, you know, and you mentioned in our correspondence before you don't have a overall like a favorite band or musician you just tend to have a group talk to me a little bit about that yeah so i think it varies from one day to the next you know so for a while i was really big into tina turner we a a guy i worked with got stayed up all night in line and got a sixth row tickets to her concert and she just put on such a good show and and i know one of your questions you ask is have you seen bruce perform live i have not okay but tina turner had a saxophone player who's nowhere near clarence clemens but but he was this big big dude that didn't wear a shirt and you know all the ladies in the room were like woo. yeah (laughs) but but uh she put on a great show and so i was into her for a while it just varies one of the things I like about Pandora, I use Pandora, the, the, the commercial version, because you say, hey, yeah. give me, here's an artist I like, and I I'm, I'm want to hear some of this, but then it gives you a bunch more just like it. And I discover new artists or go back to songs that I were in the time when I was growing up, but I didn't really know them that well. And it's like, oh, that's going on my playlist for a while. So it varies from day to day. There are themes, right? So mm-hmm. putting it in the Bruce Springsteen theme, I like... I like all of his stuff. Not a big fan of Nebraska. It was it was completely different. I like the the driving rock, that saxophone, etc. Yeah. And, and and so anything in that type of mm-hmm. yeah, the the kind of music where if you can only have one cup of coffee a day, you won't need a second. Um, are you someone who enjoys reading? Yes. 
So uh, I'm going to recommend um, Deliver Me From Nowhere, The Making of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. This just came out. Um, I'm going to talk to the guy at the end of the month, Warren mm-hmm. Zanes. He had done a uh, a petty autobiography. He talks about why Bruce did Nebraska. And he he compared it to um, scores it because he felt like he was the basic premises after the river, he felt like he was about to go big and he was afraid of that. Mm. And so he did this. Um, he had watched Terrence Malick's Badlands, you know, mm-hmm. um, and had uh Marty Scorsese's Mean Streets and this idea of doing something small and intimate as a from going he was big and uh, I think you'll enjoy the book even if you don't enjoy Nebraska just the where Bruce's mind was when he went there and, so, and that's fair uh, and, yeah and I think I would like to read that I've I've read an article or so on it yeah um, it, and you know that's also a reflection of teenage Phil back in yeah. the day going, oh no, I just want to rock. Well, and I do think that it is also um it is a it, it is a cool answer that um you know well of course Lennon's my favorite Beatle, not Paul McCartney because you know I wasn't into the pop. I was into the angst artist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I like I like some of the moodier stuff versus, and um, it does make for an interesting, I, I'm, I'm about halfway through the book and it is fascinating. This, um, he also is, Bruce has now been very open about his depression. Right. And he had not been treated for depression yet in this. And so all this kind of mixture going into it, pretty good. Um, so, I, I love your idea of the Pandora. I do think um, little Stephen on a recent interview said that Sirius should have a everything channel that you could put. And it says, we're going to play randomly every song from every channel mixed up the way that radio used to be like the a- right. radio used to be with us. Mm-hmm. And he said, I bet you would have people that would like, oh, this is good. This, oh, no, I don't like this song at all. Or, ooh, yeah. this was a really fun song. You know, a nice change of pace. And that's one of the things we face now is everything is so segmented. If I want a Springsteen right. channel, there it is. I want yeah. a Motown channel, there it is. I want a Pearl Jam channel, there it is. Uh, and uh, Garth Brook channel, there it is, right? Whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I try to at least with Pandora can say okay put in this genre or or yeah. like I leave it wide open give me eighties music yeah right and and then it's all over the map of what I might get and yeah. and again eighties and I've got a nineties channel too that I listen to and I'm finding stuff where it's like I grew up in those years how did I miss that the first the first decade yeah. <laughs> And it's cool. I, I haven't gone like, give me everything, but. Yeah, no, that's idea. awesome. Um, so talk about how, talk about your journey, how you got to where you are a motivational speaker and an advocate for humor. Talk to me through this a little bit sure. of your journey, because no little uh, child, I want to grow up to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> Well, I wanted to grow up to be a baseball player, but I couldn't hit. So yes, there you go. So, so you need to have a backup plan. Yes, I think I got from my dad the the love to be on a stage doing something. He he could sing. He he sang okay. in a country band, and he loved being up there in front. I can't sing. Okay, I sing as well as I hit, which is not at all. But I do like and. 
in high school and grade school, I was the class clown, always making the jokes, liking the attention. I will, I will admit to that. I've got the detention slips to prove it. And, and so I always enjoyed that. Okay. Fast forward to, that's nice, but you can't, you can't just say, Hey, I want to be funny and, and necessarily get hired as a motivational speaker. It helps. Yes. But you need to have a story. And so the, the, backstory on the heart attack we already talked about Mm -hmm. and after that i started doing a daily gratitude practice on social media great things that happened yesterday and i just list i start this has been going on since 2016 right so for six almost seven years now just list here are the great things that happened and and they can be very small you know watched an old episode of hogan's heroes that always makes the list or or had milkshakes with my wife anything like that and what i found was that helped manage stress. And then I started saying, well, what else could I do to manage stress? And I came up with a bunch of ideas that I put together in a keynote and people need it. You know, yes. There is so much bad news out there. And then people use social media to beat, beat each other upside the head because you don't believe the exact same thing I do. And that's just so silly. And, and so I think that the space for being good to people and, and telling how to do good things is a lot less crowded than the one for being mean. So that gave me that kind of market to help manage stress. The other one is on goal achievement. And I don't know if, well, you probably read my bio. I, I, cause I can't go for what it's been almost 20 minutes without telling people this. I was on who wants to be a millionaire and I won $32,000. And I, the thing of it is I'm not like Ken Jennings or Jeopardy smart. I yeah. just happen to know some trivial stuff and so i that plus a three-year non-stop pursuit got me on the show and, and so that's the story of how you pursue your goals and it's funny because there's you know with any good story if the if the hero if you know the hero is going to triumph in the end then all the times that i wind up falling down and doing dumb things flat on my face you can laugh at it yeah and, and so that's kind of how it evolved part part heart attack and part just wanting to make people laugh. So one of my best friends, a guy named Tom Zoller, uh, was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the uh, the daytime version. I don't know which one you were on. With, yeah, he was with Meredith, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, of course, you, you, we knew he was going to be on. You know, he couldn't tell us how he did. And uh, so... Um, and he lost his question that he got wrong was about bridge. And to this day that, you know, it was a card game and he just didn't know the answer. So what was your, did you stop or no? Cause 64 is the free one. Was a free right? one. So, so we, I, I, I know, and I'm not Sherlock's home, but I know you at least tried that, you know, yes. because it, yeah. All right. So, so here's the backstory. In Please, the, I love backstories. In, in 1981 was my senior year of high school, and we were on a high. I was on a high school quiz team. Okay. And it, every time you won, it was a TV show, and every time you won, you got to come back. And okay. we wanted to go to the semifinals, so we we had four different games throughout the year, and then we would practice besides. And my advisor said this team is really good, but he looked at me and said, "Phil, somebody needs to learn Greek mythology, and it needs to be you." I'm like, you don't tell you don't tell an 18 year old boy it's time to learn Greek mythology. It's like, come right. on, you know, there's there's baseball, there's girls, come on. Yeah. So, so I never did, right? And I never did for 20 years. And now you know what my sixty-four thousand dollar question, what the subject of it was. Yes. It was Greek mythology. The question was the term mentor comes from a hero in Greek mythology, mentor was friend and trusted advisor to whom? And the, the choices were Oedipus, Hercules, Odysseus, and Achilles. So I would have guessed Hercules. Well, you're, you're, we, have, we have a lot in common then. Okay. And number one, we both would have guessed Hercules. Number two, neither was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the deal. I still had a phone a friend. Yeah. Problem was, you get five people phone a friend. None of them knew Greek mythology. One of them was that same advisor who told me 20 years before I needed to learn Greek mythology. 
because he didn't know it. I called him afterwards and told him about the question. He goes, well, it's a good thing you didn't call me for your phone, a friend. I would have just laughed at you for 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah. So, so nobody, so 30 seconds of silence. And then I still had a 50-50. Okay. And I realized, okay, you, you, a lot of stuff goes through your head in a hurry. And I said, now, wait a minute. Oedipus was not a Greek hero. He was, he had a mommy thing going on. So he'd right. be out Right. And Achilles just had that heel thing, so I think he's out. So so long as it doesn't leave me Hercules and Odysseus, I'll have a guess. Well, it left me Hercules and Odysseus, and I guessed Hercules. It's yeah. Odysseus. Um, I do I do and and I know it's random, right? But it is that when they say, you know, I'm pretty sure these are the two. I hope they don't. So, okay. So what <laughs> I is, I didn't dare yeah. to say, I was like, don't tell them, don't tell them. That's what they'll do. They did so it. what is great about this? And we did not plan this. Um, I would, I just saw Tom this weekend. He had, he had flown to Houston to be at a free comic book show. He is an artist and uh, they had him doing free sketches and, um, we have stayed friends all the years and I was for doesn't matter why I was in Houston. So I got to spend the day with him um, being his, you know, useless sidekick as he's sitting there doing sketches. And so every, every young kid that came to him and said, I want to be an artist. He said, I've got three pieces of advice. First, take a speech class. You're going to take a lot of art classes, but when you're an artist, you need to sell yourself to people that they should buy your work. And you need to tell people about what you're proposing to do. So you need to be comfortable selling yourself to a company or an individual. You need to be comfortable explaining your vision to someone. So take a speech class. Second, take an accounting class. You are going to do a Kickstarter. You need to figure out how much do money do I get for purchasing? What do I do? What kind of markup do I do on my work? Is if, if you know, you may say it only takes X amount of hours to do this project, but how do I do? And third, and this is the kicker, draw what you hate to draw. Because you can spend all the time drawing what you love to draw. He said, I hated drawing horses. I got hired to draw my little pony. He reached to his left. There is a a row, a you know, a stand filled with books he had either drawn or written for my little pony. Wow. He is going to Germany to do a my little pony convention. Wow. And he hated drawing horses. And all of a sudden, he said, you never know what you're going to be asked. Don't. And, and I said, well, you know, that's damn good advice for anyone. Forget oh, just artist, right? Right. <laughs> so I go back to your, your, your mentor. Sorry to be a touchy subject, right? But you're going study, right? You know, like uh, study what you don't want to study, right? And yeah. uh, so I just that's that's awesome. That's great. Um, so tell me the story of the heart attack. Um, where I mean, were uh, were you an unhealthy individual? Did you have bad genes? What's what's the story? Uh, no, a little no. bit of both. So so it's 2015, and I'm in Toastmasters, and they have an annual World Championship public speaking. Yeah. And so I, I made it to the semifinals. I actually made it to the finals in 2011. I'm back in the semifinals. And what that means is you have all summer to practice two speeches because somebody out of the hundred or so people that are in the semifinals are going to win the whole thing and be the world okay. champion of public speaking. So I'm going around to all these clubs and I'm practicing and, and I'm normally a healthy person, but yeah, I'm eating McDonald's on the run, et cetera, and, and not getting my exercise, et cetera. And, and so I get to this one club, and a friend of mine is there, and I said, Tom, it's been a while since I've seen you. What's new? And he said, well, I'm recovering from a heart attack. And, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You're about my age. You, 
you don't smoke. I don't smoke. We're not, you know, we're not the picture of health, but we're all in pretty decent shape. Okay? Yeah. You know, this doesn't happen to guys our age. I said, so tell me about it. And, and you know, this guy is a, a, a lay preacher. He's a toastmaster. So if you tell somebody like that to tell you a story, they, they tell sure, you the whole They're going to tell story, you. Right? Yeah. And, and so he lists everything that was going on in his life and all the symptoms he had leading up to the heart attack. So fast forward to August of that year. It's like one week before I'm supposed to go out to Las Vegas for the championship. And I'm at summer camp with my son. And everything that Tom was saying, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel that way. And, and we're walking up these hills. We've gone every year. And it's like, why am I getting winded? Why can't I do this? What is going on? And in the back of my head, everything is like, that's what Tom said. That's what Tom said. That's what Tom said. And so on Thursday, we played this game called Hungry Human Hippos. You know, you know the Hungry Hungry Hippos game? Well, you replace the, the plastic hippo with a human on, okay. on wheels and a, a big milk carton, and you pick up softballs. So I was the hippo. And I got out of that, and I was like, I feel terrible. And long story short, they checked my blood pressure. It had tanked, and they called 911. I went to the hospital. They ran a bunch of tests. They said, you've had a small heart attack. And I'm like, well, small is as big as I ever want to go. And and so two stents the next day, and then roughly a year of recovery. A little bit wow. less a year. Yeah. Mm. For a small one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there. Uh, you, uh, I, I laughed at uh, the uh, colon cancer is one of the good cancers. Uh, that and breast cancer, and like there is a good cancer, and what they mean is there's a lot of research for that, right? And so, therefore, it's it's a very, uh, very good, um, you know, chance of survival, high survival right. rate. Um, and it is, I do find it, um, it is kind of always shocking to me when I hear someone dying of colon cancer, cause I'm go, oh, wait a minute, you know, this mine was actually, you know, my wife would tell you differently, goes, no, it was really hard, you, you know, but, you know, in my mind is like, well, you know, it was okay. So that's, 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 that's good. Um, <laughs> what surprised you the most about doing the recovery and, you know, like what was one of the biggest struggles you had in once you, okay, I've got this going forward. So the, the biggest surprise, you know, I spent this time like going, oh, I didn't smoke. Why me? And I don't have a family history. Why me? And and the answer is because I had a heart attack. You know, there is no logic. So stop, stop trying to find logic out of this and just start getting better. But the surprise was it was going to take that long. I don't think they warned me of that in the hospital. They did. I did 12 weeks of rehab and, and getting to the point, you know, walk a little bit and then more and more and more. But a relative of my wife said, you know, it's going to be about a year that you're going to go through this. He said, it happened to me. And he said, you're going to be out somewhere. And it's just going to be like, I need to go to bed. I need to go to sleep, period. I'm, I'm, that's it. You just hit the wall. And it was probably 10 months at least of that where you know, be doing good. And we go out to dinner and then we go to a store and I would just, I would look at my wife and say, you know what? I'm going to go over there. I'm going to sit down when we're, when you're ready to go, come get me. We're going to go home and I'm going to go to bed. And it's just the nature of that recovery that all of a sudden you just, unlike anything I'd ever had before, just boom, you hit a wall, you're done. And that those got further and further apart. You know, it wasn't an everyday thing, Yeah. but for 10 months that went on. And, and that's why I was glad in the middle I decided to start that gratitude practice and finding out what's good and, and stop complaining about things that essentially I have no control over once you had the heart attack. So my version of that is the if there's anything good about having cancer, one of the things that is is good is – no one gives you crap if you want to take a nap. <laughs> if, I love that. 
right? I you could be in someone's house you barely know, and if you look tired, they will say, "Oh, Jesse, let's put you in the guest room. Let's put you in our room. Let's hear. Let's give you a cover. Go sleep, and we'll come get you in a couple hours." Oh, that is awesome, <laughs> and that was true. I right? It, it, that you know, because now then it's like I, I, you know, I really feel like a nap. Why? We're we've got Ted Lasso to binge. Like if you take it, <laughs> if you take a nap now, Jesse, you're not going to be able. It's too late in the day for you to take a nap, Jesse. You, you know, like you know, right? And and so I, I, uh, in the spirit, right, of gratitude journal, that was one of my things. One good thing about having cancer. Uh, the other joke I said was, um, I, I had to be careful, Phil, with the how you doing or how are you doing, right? The just how you doing, the same way you do, how, you know, how's your day going? And you really don't want to know. You just are being, you know, polite and you go, oh, good. Or reading the, how are you doing? Like, how's Ooh. the side effects? You know, how's the chemo doing and everything? And I mostly got it right, but every once in a while, I got it the wrong way. It's never bad if you go, oh, fine, because they're good. But if they're just trying to be polite and you go into this, you see their eyes get big and they're like, and they're too polite to go, well, Jesse, I really don't give an S about this. I just, so uh, I, you know, and those are the kind of things that, um, and you got to keep in mind and be, it to keep your spirits up and laughing. And I'm so glad we're meeting today. Um, as we're recording this audience, it's May 6th. And this weekend in Dallas area, horrible, another horrible shooting. Um, Allen is a suburb that is just north of me. My brother and sister-in-law live there. I have shopped at that mall. I have bought my Merrells there. I have bought other stuff there. And it is just horrific. And um, I did tweet that, you know, there, there's a lot of angst about, you know, Warren Zavon not making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And why would Willie Nelson get it? And, you know, and, and all this back and forth. And you're like, it's, I don't want to be a total wet blanket, but it's kind of hard to give a sh crap about that with everything else going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's why we have to work to make things better, but we also have to find a way to laugh at, and take advantage of good things that are happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that mixture. What, when you're talking about that to your clients and your members, talk about, um, because, you know, especially business can be making some tough decisions and you are affecting people's lives. You know, revenue isn't where it's supposed to be. Expenses are too high. We're going to have to have cuts or we're going to have to hit these challenges. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. It can be tough. It, it can be for any number of reasons. What I, what I try to coach people on is at when you start this, when you start a gratitude journal, or, or journey rather, and you try to find what's good in the world, it may take some effort at first because you're so inundated by what's bad. But if you start looking, the more you look, the more you find. You know, it's it's that thing where if you have a blue Honda Civic, all of a sudden you're amazed by how many people drive a blue Honda Civic. Well, it was there all along. It's what you pro it's what you're programming your mind to see. In in terms of some of the tough decisions that a manager or a boss might have to make, all you can do is is be empathetic for that person. And and you know, it's it's the old thing. Well it's it's not you, it's business. And and that make, make doesn't make it any easier for that person who's who's losing their job. You you try to go the extra mile, be it recommendations for for a, another job, etc. It's it's tough. And I, I don't have a real good answer for that because I, I've gone through that earlier in my career where I had to let some people go. And even if, 
it was their fault and you work with them and you've got to change this or I'm going to have to do this. It still makes you feel like crap at the end because you're human. And, and if you'd enjoy, if you enjoy letting people go, you've got, you've got more problems than needing to look at the bright side. Right? So it's human and there's, there's empathy that comes into there into play. Um, I don't tell people, you know, bury your head in the sand in terms of what's, what's bad and what's real out there. Just the thing I say is, you know, you subtract the amount of bad that you have in your life. You don't eliminate, you can't. But, and then I say, when you can't subtract anymore, then you have to, what I, I say is add, A-D-D, acknowledge what's bad, acknowledge, don't dwell. And so then you're able to, you know, yes, my father passed away. Yes, this happened. Yes, yes, this is bad. Uh, as much as possible, I'm going to remember the good times and not dwell on this awful thing that I acknowledge is there, but I'm, I'm going to try to, it, it takes time, move on. You muted. Um, yeah, you, you remind me of, uh, you're talking about letting people go. And, um, I had went through a spell where my, the company I was working for was just steadily declining. So it got to be, unfortunately, a, um, pretty too often, you know, we were doing this and, um, not to laugh at the pain, but to laugh at the awkward situation is you you tell someone you're letting them go, you give them their benefits, you give them their things, you set it go, you you tell them everything you're gonna do, and they usually end the conversation with thank you. Yeah. Because there is not a word for I really hate you and you really messed up my life, but we need to end this conversation. <laughs> and so you're right and the other thing i think is they can read that yeah. this really is bothering me i really hate to do this i yeah. really want to be in your corner and i really want to help and yeah. and that's you know it sucks that i it sucks that i lost my job but at least you're treating me with dignity and, and yeah. they recognize that absolutely um so you talked about you haven't seen Bruce live, but are there other Mark? Get it back to music a little bit. Are there artists that you have gone and seen live? And tell me a few stories. Yeah. So I, I mentioned Tina Turner. Yes. And and the sexy saxophone player. Well, and, and Tina was uh, was not yes. difficult to look at either. She yes put on such a good show. Oh, I Open bet. was Glenn Fry. And he did a good job too. So mm -hmm. that was a nice one. Cheap Trick came to our college, and a room, my roommate said, "I've been there before. You're going to be amazed at the show they put on." And they were so good. They opened for John Waite, who okay. was the lead singer for the Babies. Nothing wrong with John Waite, but a lot of the students were chanting Cheap Trick in the middle of his set because they just they just rocked the house. The Beach Boys at the Ohio State Fair, I remember that one. They might be giants. They, so kind of an eclectic mix. Charlie Pride. That was another one of my dad's favorites. And cool story, even though my dad was in pain. He was on crutches. He had toe surgery. Yeah. It was open seating, right? And there were people literally lined around the block for this, for this open seating. And my dad walked up there in crutches and said, do you mind if I get in line? right in the front of the line and people were like oh absolutely no problem <laughs> we had we had huge great seats for charlie pride um that is great um so you talked about cheap trick and the audience cheering for them um this is probably a legend but it's my favorite legend uh during the no nukes tour Tom Petty was playing before Bruce Springsteen and they stressed the people that were involved that now Tom, they're going to be saying Bruce, it isn't boo. 
And supposedly Tom Petty said, is there really a difference? <laughs> it's probably legend. I like that a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> you know, either way, they're ready for me to get off the stage yeah. and someone else to sing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few, few yeah. 80s bands besides that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Tina had to be the be- the best one. Just because we're that, so yeah. close, and she puts on such a good show. Yeah. So what's next for you? What do you want? What's next on the career path? It's or personal. Path. Do this full time. I yeah. I still have my day job. It's it's moved to this full time. I am getting more more keynote business, and I'll be. Let's see. I was in. I was in New Jersey. Right. Okay. Oh, there so you go. Last yeah. week. Okay. And in a couple next week, I'm in Toronto, and then a few weeks after that is uh, DC. Mm-hmm. So I've got a number of keynotes lined up, and and so that's starting to work. And yeah, I'm getting to the age where I don't need the day job as long as I can do the the keynote job, and it's time. It's time nice. To, it's time to get in the car. There you go. All right. That is a perfect uh, segue, my friend. Uh, if you are a fan of Phil's work, uh, thank you for joining us. I have loved visiting with him. Um, I, I feel like there's a whole conversation we could have, but probably it's not fair to his clients about the keynote speeches he's made. Like, really? you want me to talk to this group but that's probably not fair for him to talk out loud uh, about that uh the uh but i end every podcast with a mary question and what okay, that is a mary question yes. you're, you're not wrong i mean i'm sitting there going I'm, I'm going to get to do what i love and they're going to write me a check for it yes this is so freaking cool yes uh it is uh very cool i i i love that um, but I was wondering if there is, uh, because Penn and Teller will talk about, Penn will talk about that they'll do corporate gigs and he's like, really, you want me to do magic for this group? Like, this seems like the least likely group that you would want that for. Um, but he says that sometimes some of their best audiences. So yeah, he good did. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jay Armstrong is a recently retired honors English teacher, but when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road. They would study each line, would uh, break it down um, as a poem, and talk about the themes Bruce is exploring, talk about the imageries he built, and then at the end of the two days, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? So, Phil, that's your question. Does Mary get the car at the end of the song, Thunder Road? So so this is what I like about Bruce Springsteen is his music is so real. And so it, it is so just the common man. Uh, glory days. I'll, I'll get to the Mary question, I promise you. Oh, no, take your glory time. Days, reflecting back to your, your glory on the high school sports field, et cetera. Uh, and I cannot be the person I am and say that Mary doesn't get in the car. She has to get in the car. She has to pursue that life beyond the death trap and the suicide rapid and so on. She has to get in that car and go. And I can't play that any other way. I'm a sucker for a happy ending, but not only is it a happy ending, it's escaping all of the the bad, the negativity and so on that he talked about. So yeah, she gets in the car and they go. I, I love it. I think that is a great answer. Well done, sir. I am right through with my optimistic. I always say that too. I said I grew up watching Disney movies, so I want the happy ending. Um, Phil, um, final thoughts. Uh, thank you for having me having me on here. It's been a great discussion. You know, we've talked about a lot. I, I love what you're doing. I, I love thank the you. whole Bruce Springsteen aspect. But the, the expanding and talking about positivity, humor, et cetera, telling your story, bringing other people's stories out, you're, you're making the world a better place. And that's, what, that's the podcast I like to be a part of, is the ones that are spreading positivity and making the world a better place. So, so thank you for that. 
That is very kind of you to say. I, I talk about this uh, sometimes is I'll be listening to a podcast and they they keep complaining about the thing they're watching. And and I I reached the point where I mean if you don't let's say we're doing an episode about Hogan's Heroes. We're going to go back and watch every Hogan's Heroes episode and you and I are going to break them down, right? There will be an episode we don't like. Sure. But if we after five or six episodes in a row, we're consistently not liking this, then let's stop doing the podcast, right? What are we doing? Why do we do it? Why are we spending time discussing this? And and I have seen people doing that about um, Star Trek or Doctor Who or other shows where it they're just complaining about it the whole time. And I'm like, you know, then move on to something you want to talk about. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean like I think you can talk about a Bruce Springsteen song and not enjoy it. I think you can talk about if I think this didn't work. But overall, you know, we should talk about things we love and that bring us joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Life's too short. Yeah. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? www.philbarth.com. Everything right. on there, the links to the socials are on there. It's I I, for a long time, said I'm going to develop a website and, and do my own website, and it turns out I can't really do a good job of that, but I can write a small check to somebody who knows how to do a website. I really like the website. Good, so, good. I, we will definitely there. include that in the podcast notes. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So, listeners, uh, hang tight while I do a little business, Phil. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening and uh being part of this discussion. If you want to give feedback, I'm at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You can help support the podcast where you get unedited episodes, you get video episodes, and every once in a while you get to hear me go off on rants. So and that's it. When is it that fun? Um, Phil, thank you so much for being part of this. This was a wonderful time. Listeners, be kind, be safe, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. See you. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469 249 2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 